have the word of God in their hands. As we uh, engage the word, we want you to be able to see it for yourself. Psalm chapter two is where we're starting this morning. We'll have several other places we'll go, but we're gonna start there. We are finishing this morning, we're finishing this morning in our series, You in Five Years. We've been spending a lot of, uh, oh, actually set last several weeks, a lot of time invested in asking the question, God, what are you doing? What are you accomplishing in us? Not just this year, this month, but over the next five years and asking God for fresh vision for what that could look like in our lives. And so we're finishing this series this morning with I think, hopefully, I believe a very directed uh, and, and biblical word for every one of us as we kind of map out this next five years together. So I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll start. Jesus, be here by your spirit and the declaration of your word. We thank you that you love to speak. It's your delight to show us who you are, to reveal your purposes and your plans. And we just wanna be in alignment with all that you want to say and do. So help align us today. Help us say yes and trust you with the yes. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I had, a, <clears throat> I had a fun conversation with my oldest son this week. He was working on uh, some homework, and part of his homework assignment, he's sitting in seventh grade, and uh, his, part of his homework assignment was um, asking the question about your, his legacy, his legacy, which is really amazing that he's working on this question as a seventh grader asking about building his legacy. We were getting into it a little bit. And I was just, I remember thinking like, when I was in seventh grade, like what would I have thought about my legacy? And I just remember, I was thinking, I think I would have just been thinking about cheeseburgers and basketball. I think that would have been like, if somebody had said like, what's your legacy? I'd be like, I want to do good basketball and just, I just, want to be faithful in pounding cheeseburgers. I think that's what I would have said. I don't know. I mean, I, I think in my seventh grade self, but we're, we're engaging and I'm, I'm asking Luke this question and we're talking through it. And as I'm mining for just to hear kind of what's going on in his heart, um, he's explaining it. what he begins to share with me. is like nailing me in, in, in the heart because he's going, he goes, well, well, actually, first, actually, at first, he said, this is it's a total awesome seventh grader. He was like, Christian. <laughs> I was like, well, that's better than cheeseburgers. That's good. But so I just kind of started asking some questions. And what, then what he expounded on, it just, it totally touched you. Right? Sometimes you got to go there with the seventh grade. But, but it, it absolutely touched me because he, he ended up saying, I, I want to. I want everything I do, I want to do for the glory of God. I want to love my family. <clears throat> yeah, feelings. <laughs> it's good. Thank you. Next week. Get there. But then he said, and I want, I want to serve the church through making music come alive. And that's where he's at. And that's right. He might want to go to the moon next year. I don't know. But as of today, that was what he began to share. And I was like, man, 
This is amazing. It's really powerful when you think about what you want to pass on. Because actually, when you think about the thought of what you want to pass on or what you want your legacy to be or the inheritance you want to give, when you think about that, what you begin to think about is what are the best things that I can give away? When you think about someone that's going to receive an inheritance, you start thinking the people that you love the most, you want to give away. The, the, the ones that you hold near and dear to your heart. You go, what are the best things that I could possibly give to them? What are the ways that I could bless them? What could I pass down? What could I impart? What could I do? You want the best for them. And if you have had the blessing of ever having children, you find out really quickly, uh, uh, one of the coolest things, you know, my daughter started playing basketball this year and I just, it's been fun to watch her play basketball and that's really fun. What I remember thinking, I remember loving playing basketball as a kid and being really excited. I, I'm 10,000 times more excited about her basketball than I am mine, than I was mine. And I was pretty, I was pretty into myself. I wanna be honest with you. I had some issues, all right? But I, 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 looked, I, look, I look at her and I just go, I want the best for her. I, I want her to have great things. With the ones that you love and treasure the most, you want to have great things. This is, of course, what we all experience when we think about what it means to be, to be people who receive an inheritance from God. There's some unbelievable, in fact, we could never unpack in one message all the inheritance that we actually receive from God. There's, there's no way we could do it. But there is a piece of the inheritance that I think we've missed out on. And I just wanna press in just a little bit this morning. We won't go long. We're gonna take some time really to hear from others and we're gonna worship at the end. But there's something that God wants to give away as an inheritance. And I don't think many of us or lots of us, I would say, especially in America, are very tapped into. And I want to press on it. And of course, it starts by going back to see what the Father wants to give to the Son. And so I want, you, I want us to look at Psalm 2. Now, Psalm 2 is an unbelievable psalm. And we, don't even, we won't even have anywhere near the time to unpack it. In fact, we'll just have one verse to be able to get to. Listen, we all know the psalms are great. We all know Psalm 1 and Psalm 51 and Psalm 139 and all of those kind of famous psalms. This should be on the list if you've never had a chance to pour into this. This is a messianic psalm. It is a definitive declaration. It's, if you could encapsulate the totality of what God is going to do in Christ for all eternity, this is the psalm to look at. It's speaking of Jesus, of course, 100, 700 years before he ever comes on the scene. And here we see in Psalm 2, the Father says to the Son, ask of me, Psalm 2, verse 8, he says this, ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. So the father loves the son, and he looks at the son, and he says, I want to give to you those great things, right? That's what we do. We, those we love, we want to give the best things. And he says, listen, I, there's one thing I am going to give to the son at the end of the age, and that is this. The nations are going to be your inheritance. The nations are the inheritance of the king. He said, literally, just Jesus, what do you want? Ask of me. And Jesus looks at all the nations of the earth and he says, I want them all 
I want every people group across the planet. I want every nation. I want every tribe. I want every tongue. I want every race, every people group, every color, every nationality. I want every dialect in my family. That's what I want. This is what's burning in the heart of Jesus. It's so powerful because, of course, we're, in our culture right now, there's all this kind of racial tension and all this garbage coming up. And if you actually look at what Jesus' inheritance is, he's going, I want them all. I want every person, color, people for all time in my family. In fact, Jesus is not coming back until every tribe and nation are his. Every one of them every people group. That's what's in his heart. That's what's, we, we know at least definitively, Jesus isn't coming back until every people group is accounted for in the family of God. He loves every human race. It's what he wants. It's his inheritance. That's what, I, that's what he says. If that's what I want, if I'm going to go to the cross, this is the prize, if you will. We know that from Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, for the joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of God. So Jesus says, listen, this is the joy set before. I'm going for this inheritance, this possession that you wanna give to me for all time. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father, ready to receive that inheritance. He's there, he's ready for it. But here's the beautiful part. Because when Jesus died and he rose in victory and power, he ransomed for himself a people. And then he said this, everything that I have, I give to you. Meaning this, that the nations are not just the inheritance of the king of the universe. The nations are your inheritance too. They're ours. Every one of us is meant to have inheritance in the nations of the earth, the people groups across the globe. This is not just Jesus' inheritance, it's ours too. That whatever the son gets, he gladly and willingly gives away, right? Romans chapter eight, verse 14. For all who are led by the spirit of God are what? Sons, daughters of God. For you didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fall back to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Daddy, Father. Verse 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So the Spirit's churning inside, hey, saying, hey, that thing that Jesus has as the Son of the Father, it's burning inside of you. To convince us, and he says, and if children, listen, and if you're a child, if you're a son or a daughter of God, then what are you? Heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Meaning that whatever's being given to the son is given to his people, those that are a part of his family. Whatever is Christ's is yours too, is ours as well. 
The nations are our inheritance too. They're ours. You and I have a real, active, living part of seeing the nations as a part of our inheritance, that the nations are a part of your story. If you're a follower of Jesus, we're meant to have an inheritance all over the earth. Romans 4.13, the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be the heir of the world was not through the law, but through righteousness of faith. In other words, if you share in the lineage, if you will, or the, the, the faith lineage of Abraham, then you're a fellow heir with him, and the inheritance in him or with him is what? The world. The world. Psalm 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So if the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, then the heirs of the Lord will inherit the earth and everything in it. It's powerful truth. Paul says it to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Look at, look at what he says. For all things belong to you, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all things belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. You see the, him, him lining it up. You see him showing with clarity and understanding we're in the line, the lineage of the inheritance of God. So what's our inheritance? The world, the earth, everything that is in it, the nations, all things. You and I were meant to touch the nations. When we think about all the incredible inheritance that we have in God, we think about what it's going to mean to be in his presence for eternity, right? I mean, God is the ultimate inheritance. He himself, right? Just God, just being with him. And we think about how he's going to fix all the things that are broken, right? We're gonna to be totally redeemed, totally transformed, made new in his presence, right? All the old stuff, right? The decay that we feel, right? You feel that, the, how life doesn't work and the sicknesses and getting older. And like, every time I look in the mirror, there's like another white hair. And I'm like, this thing is going downhill, right? <laughs> And my inheritance is there's gonna come a day you're gonna look Jesus in the face and nothing's downhill. Those are, these are incredible inheritances that we have in him. But this piece, I think, has been a little bit lost, the inheritance of the nations. And I actually think every believer, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because I think, I believe from the word of God, every believer is meant to have a vision for what it means to begin to take possession of the inheritance. That's what I think. I, in fact, I, every one of us is meant to have an, not a passive, but active role in seeing the nations come into the family of God. Active role in seeing that take place. I honestly, this is, I'm, I, I can't totally back this up biblically from scripture, but I think, I'm just, I'm just imagining from what I know from the word of God. 
I think one of the most amazing things, I mean, there's gonna be 10, 10, 10 million amazing things about heaven. I'm just trying to get big here, okay? I think one of the most amazing things that's going to take place when we get to heaven is you're gonna be strolling along and you're gonna see someone from another nation, another tribe, another tongue. And they're gonna hug you because your prayer brought them to the family. You're gonna be undone with how you played a role. You never met them, you never saw them, you don't know their name. If you had tried to communicate on this side of life, you'd have been like, I don't know what you're saying, El Bano. I mean, like you're trying to figure out like the, the, all, the few words that, you know, I don't know, I said that, I don't know, I just, like you're trying to figure out words, you couldn't do it, but in heaven, you're going to literally wrap each other up and say, I had an inheritance in you. That's, that's one of the beautiful things I think we'll get to experience, one of the many things we'll get to experience in heaven. Listen, I remember <clears throat> the first mission trip I ever got to lead. I've gotten to go on many, to many nations of the earth. I feel so thankful for that. The first one I got to lead as a pastor was a college pastor, and we took a group of college students to Ireland. There was a church planner we had a connection with in Ireland. He was in Southeast Island in Enniscorthy, Ireland, in Wexford County. And we went there, and all we were going to do was going to, we were going to prayer map. So we were just going to walk around the city and just pray. And then we were just there to, to give strength and energy and do the, uh, some, some worship services with the, the church planner there. And then the other thing we were going to do is we are going to go door to door and just try to pray for people. That's all we, and that, that, that was our plan. And so what happened is, is we, we were going door to door, and we just, hey, we're just, we're in the area where we're with this, this church, and we just, is there, we just want to pray for you. Is there anything we can do? And everybody was like, what do you, what do you want from me? You know, and that's, of course, you know, the door-to-door ministry, it's, be scary, right? It's like, I, are you trying to sell me something? Do you have knives? What's, what's your game, right? So, but we're going door to door. And so the, the, the adults aren't super <laughs> into our prayer time. So, but we're just, we'd go out into like the kind of the neighborhood play area and, all, and we were just hanging out there. And all, all of a sudden, all the neighborhood kids would come out. And the neighborhood kids thought we were amazing because of our accent. And so we're just, so we're, so we just start doing, we're just playing games with the kids, having a great time, having a blast. And, and, and it's just really cool. They have this game that's kind of like lacrosse, but it's, it's not. And, uh, and we're just kind of learning their thing. We're hanging out with them. We come back from this mission trip and, and we just ask this question. What if, what if we, when we went there next time, we did a kid's camp? What if we just did a, a kid's camp? We got to share Jesus with kids. And we go back a couple of years later, and we do a kid's camp. And kids show up, and it blows up. Kids think it's the most amazing thing they've ever done in their life. We're telling the kids about the gospel. The parents are coming to pick up their kids. We're telling the parents. We're getting to get share the gospel with the parents. It's unbelievable, right? Next year, number doubles. Now, 20 years they've been going back. Thousands, thousands of kids 
When I say thousands, I mean every year they go back, there's more than 400, this is a tiny little town, 400, every kid in this city goes to this camp. They all heard the gospel. What happened is they all were getting saved. So then they had to start doing a youth camp because they started growing up. They're no longer kids. They've been doing it this long. Now those kids that were being brought into the kingdom are now leading and leaders in the camp with these kids. A generation is being changed and transformed in this city because we, one year we did a prayer walk and they thought our accent was goofy and God birthed a, a movement in Southeast Ireland. I'm gonna tell you, I've got an inheritance in that place. I don't know them. I just know I walked around the city and prayed and then they thought that my accent was cool and they kind of thought I looked like Ben Affleck at the time. That's what they told me. <laughs> and so I went with it, falling off but since then. But I just, you know, but I don't know if I, don't know if I still do. Well, me and Ben, we both got old, so maybe I still look like Ben Affleck, I don't know. But I'm telling you, I, I, I fully expect to get into heaven and see some kid run up and hug that kid and say, I had an inheritance with you. Hey, listen, church, this, this isn't for, it's not for pastors. This is for every, this is for the, the people of God. We're all meant to have this inheritance. And so if that's the case, if whatever is given to Jesus as an inheritance is ours as co-heirs, as fellow heirs with him, then let's go get it. Let's just go get it. We've been doing this series called You in Five Years. We've been dreaming and asking and thinking and figuring out what rhythms we need to have to make it over the next five years and the things that we need to do and the places we might need to go. And I've been very hands-off in saying, well, this is definitively what needs to happen over five years. But I want, if there's anything that marks this series, I want to make this one very clear directive from the Word of God, Matthew 28. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. It's a call for every one of us. We're meant to touch the nations. It is without question something we're meant to do over the next, as we're putting this thing together over the next five years, we're meant to make disciples. I'm calling our church, I'm calling each one of us to begin to ask the Lord, if I have an inheritance in the kingdom of God in the nations and all the people groups, then Lord, then how can you use me? How might you use me? Let's begin to pray. You might not have that answer tomorrow. You might not have it the next day, but how can we begin to do that? How can I have an inheritance in the nations? That's the question. How can I do it? I'm gonna give you just a few quick things and then we're gonna actually hear from some people that are going to the nations. All right, number one, start just by loving your neighbor and just be, let's, have, let's have a fresh vision for loving, loving our neighbor, right? I mentioned it this morning. The great commandment is this, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus, literally the next sentence says, the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor. Our inheritance will just start with where we live. To start one, believing in the inheritance that we have first in our homes, and then in this the neighborhood and the places in which we live and move, our workplaces. Let's just begin to start loving people well, to love those that are around us, 
just just be like, this is, I'm starting here. God, would you give me a heart to see this place, these people, this city as a part of the inheritance of the nations? Number two, go to the nations. Go to the nations. So here's my challenge. In the next five years, if you are physically capable, will you make plans to go and touch one of the nations of the earth through a short-term missions team? This is my challenge. I want you to think and pray about what it might could look like over the next five years to at least have one opportunity to step outside of the borders of the United States of America and to have an, an inheritance with a people group somewhere. Uh, the, the reason I'm saying this is because it does a couple things. One, it absolutely, without question, opens your eyes to a huge God doing massive things across the earth. Man, God's working in America. He's doing things. He's moving and shaking. Church, he's moving and shaking all over the earth. Seeing the nations, you get to see the hugeness and the bigness of God. But two, and I can guarantee you this, is that when you go to touch and to love and to share the love of Jesus with the nations, you inevitably come back more blessed than what you were able to give away. Whatever blessing you were able to give away, I can promise you this, God will light you up. In church, we are all meant to be lit up. He wants, you will be excited for what God does in your heart when you get to be a part of sharing the love of Jesus across the peoples of the earth. Uh, wish we had more time. One, one of the most powerful experiences I have, I'm in India. I am meant to preach at a pastor's conference in India. What we discover about this group of men, we're in the state of Orissa in India. And it is a group of pastors that have been under intense persecution. And when I say intense persecution, I don't mean like people don't like them. What I mean is their churches have been burned, their families have been murdered, their homes have been torched. When I say that, every one of them has testimonies from radical, Hindu, radical Hindus who had come against them for preaching the gospel. We came to preach at a pastor's conference. I'm hearing the works, the dedication that they have to the Son of God. And they start, you want us to know how they start the conference? They sit us down and they wash our feet. These people have lost their families and their churches and their homes for the sake of the gospel and kept their face toward him and they wash my feet. Let me tell you, going to the nations will change you. We're meant to go to the nations as a part of our inheritance here and now, not just in the age to come. It's here and now. We're meant to be touched. We're meant to be moved by what moves the heart of God. I'll forever be indebted to that group of men in my time there. I got to declare some things pastorally, but I'm telling you, I, I received much more. Third, send people to the nations. Send people you might not actually be able to go. There may be multiple reasons you're not able to actively go somewhere. 
listen to me, that doesn't in any way, form, or fashion degrade your inheritance in the nations. Because our King of Kings and Lord of Lords never left Israel and touched the face of the earth. He absolutely was. Well, he, looked at, he looked at the disciples and then candidly, he looked at you and me and says, you guys go to the nations. You're the ones. That, so he's sending them out. So I want you to hear this. If you're not able to go for whatever reason, let me tell you, you have an inheritance in the nations by sending by sending, by partnering, grabbing partners and saying, let's go. What, what's God doing? How can I partner up with you? How can we help you move in the things that God has for you? You can have an inheritance by giving resource and prayers to those that are going to the nations, that are saying, I've got a definitive vision for what God wants to do, and I'm, I'm asking, would you send? Let's find some people. We have incredible partners. We have we have eight or nine actually now partners that we get to send on a regular basis from this place in many ways. Some here in Middle Tennessee, we send them uh, to the nations of the earth just as a church family, we have them. Um, but I'm saying, hey, what's in your heart? Because here's the truth. I actually believe right now, even as I've been talking, you might actually have a nation that's in the back of your head. Like it might be from your lineage or it might be just every once in a while you're walking around and you keep seeing this nation or you keep hearing something about it. And it's entirely possible the Lord's just tapping your shoulder saying, hey, you've got an inheritance in that place. You may never set foot on that place, but you got one and I want you to partner with me. Let's send someone, let's find some people to go. Let's get behind them. Let's give resource to whatever the mission is. That's what we want to do. We want to be about that. I want to, uh, we have a couple of people. I just want to, I've given them just a few minutes. They have, they could share so much about what God's put in their heart for the nations and the places they're going. And I literally gave them th three minutes because I'm liberal that way as a pastor, right? Uh, uh, and so just really giving them a lot of pulpit time. But I just wanted us to hear from some people that are actually going. So uh, I'm going to first just ask Jackie Gregory to come up. You guys help me welcome Jackie Gregory. Jackie, come on up here. I want you just to share about what you're doing and, and, and your ministry. Okay. Thank nation. you. Thank you. What an honor. Um, okay, I brought my paper so I could stick to that time limit. Um, some years back, God woke me up in the middle of the night. And um, I had gone to sleep and I was reading about Paul right before I went to bed in his missionary travels, his desire to go to Spain. Um, and I leaned over and said to my husband, do you think God would ever want us to be missionaries in Spain? And he said, no, <laughs> which was an honest answer. It actually was the answer I was thinking uh, because I had no desire to ever do, um, to ever go to the nations, quite honestly. So I know it was the Holy Spirit that prompted me to even ask the question to begin with. I went to sleep that night. I was in a deep sleep. And in a moment, I went from sleeping soundly to being wide awake, sitting up in my bed with a word that hit my head like a 10-ton brick. And it was a word I had never heard before. Uh, I woke up the next morning, I Googled the word, and I was astonished to find out that the word that was spoken to me was a Spanish island. 
God called me since that time uh, to um, go to this island and to build his church. That one word changed my life. Around the Table Ministry is a ministry that we formed in response to that word and to that call. The name of the island is Mallorca. It's a beautiful island in the Mediterranean off the coast of Spain. It's the largest of three Balearic Islands. There are a million people that live on this island. There are 28 million people that visit it every year. It's a vacation destination for much of Europe. It's gorgeous, it's affluent, it's one of the major yachting capitals of the world. People flock to this place because of its beauty, but spiritually it is very dark. Less than 1% of Spain claim to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Around the table ministry, our mission is we want to provide multiple opportunities for all generations to encounter God's presence. We do that several ways. We do it through Bible study, through prayer, through fellowship, and through worship. I've been there, I believe, eight times. I believe this will be my ninth time. I'm leaving in a couple weeks, March 2nd. I will be there for seven weeks. And in that seven weeks, I've rented an apartment, and I will be leading several six-week Bible studies. One of those Bible studies is called God's Amazing Book. It is similar to Alpha. It's a Bible study that is for people that don't believe that the Bible is real. It can be difficult to have somebody come to a Bible study when they don't even believe the Bible's true. So we will be having multiple Bible studies going on during that time. The materials we're going to be using are from Community Bible Study. They're an organization that provide amazing resources and training. I've gone to several of their trainings and have been commissioned as an ambassador to Spain with that study. So the goal is we will go there, we will lead several Bible studies in hopes that in those Bible studies, leaders will be raised up to then start other Bible studies and the word of God will flood through that island. So God is very specific and strategic when he calls us somewhere. He does not use words the way we use words. He is strategic about how and where he wants his church built. Mallorca is a place where the nations are gathered. In this one island, there are many expats and communities. There's French community, Swiss, German, multiple nationalities and nations in this one place. It's literally like a mission field in this one place. We are believing God to touch lives in Majorca and transform not only the culture of Majorca, but we believe he will shift the culture of Spain. And we even believe and are believing him to shift the culture of Europe from Majorca. We appreciate your prayers. We're trusting God to raise up others to come alongside us and stand with us. We have a, a family business. My husband and I work together. Uh, he stays here and runs our family business. It's a lot when I leave. Uh, others have to pull up and stand in the gap in my absence. So we need others to come alongside. Uh, this is how it has worked for us. God says go, and we say yes before we see the provision. We buy the airline tickets. We rent the apartment. We make the plans. 
and then we wait, and then we watch, expectantly in faith, trusting that God who called will be faithful to give us all the provision we need to go. We believe that this trip is the beginning of harvest season. We've been the other times, we've made relationships, we've prayed, we've had fellowship, but I believe God has shown us that this trip, March 2nd through April 20th, is a time when the harvest will begin, and we are believing lives to be saved. So we're asking, will you come alongside us? Will you come into agreement in prayer with us that the people of God in Mallorca, Spain that are lost are about to meet their Savior? Come on. So amazing. Love that. We're excited. We're gonna, in a minute, we're going to have an opportunity to pray over these guys and, and finish in worship. I'm going to ask Casey Goff to come up. Casey, uh, he's gotten to preach here a couple times, and uh, they've got an incredible, he and Heather are going to be able to go. Heather's not able to be here, but they're going to, they have an awesome mission to share. I just wanted to hug you, and I'm not a hugger. Wait, you're not even a hugger. Yeah, he's a good guy, isn't he? Yeah. I wish I had a funny joke. Uh, well, I probably do, but uh, with only a couple of minutes, I probably shouldn't do that. Um, but uh, some of you know who we are. Some of you may or may not have been here before, but this is my pretty wife, Heather, uh, laughing at something that uh, something stupid that I probably said. And Heather's not here right now. Heather's not feeling too good today, so she stayed back. Uh, and some of you know our story, some of you don't, but we lived in Europe for a few years, and we lived in Budapest, Hungary and worked there and did church planning there. And we came back on our furlough and uh, Heather, Heather was kind of sick. And so our doctor said, hey, you can't go back. And so that's how we ended up landing in Nashville for a little while. We've been here for almost two years, which is like, hey, we were supposed to be here for three months and we ended up here for two years. I still go back and forth because we are still with our organization and I'm in Budapest or the Balkans Seems like every third month, every second month, something like that. But what we do is we are church planters, but not in a traditional sense like planting a church like this. We are a house church, uh, or we do a lot of house church planting. And one of the things that we've discovered about Europeans, and I would, I would certainly agree with Jackie that, that, that Europe is very dark, but Europe is also very empty. And, and that's one of the things that, that I understand. I came out of a background, I was an atheist and agnostic where I, I was very, very empty myself. And um, you know, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes that says he's, he's set eternity in every man's heart. And that's something that we see over and over and over with Europeans. Uh, while I, I lived in, in Budapest, I, I worked in a number of different European countries. I'm part of our leadership team. And wherever we would go, the 20s and 30-somethings were not always opposed to hearing the gospel, or they weren't opposed to God, but it was just another idea. But it was uh, this idea that you could find something to fill that hole in your soul, right? That, that hole in your spirit that we all have. Again, he set eternity in every man's heart. So when we can come in there with the eternal God and say, here's the answer to that thing, that thing that, that bothers you, that thing that troubles you, that emptiness that you feel, uh, it appeals to them. 
and they're, they're, in, they're open to it. And so that's what our hope is to do, is to continue our church planting work. And so, again, I, we, <laughs> we're redeploying to England, which is fantastic. I don't have to learn a new language, which is amazing. My English is not that great anyway, but at least it's passable, right? Um, but we'll continue to work in Budapest and in the Balkans, and we kind of have a three-thirds plan where we will do local church planting with European immigrants, because I've worked in a number of different places in Europe, and I absolutely love Europeans. Um, and so we'll do that, and, and you know, the London area is a fantastic area for that, because uh, any, any tribe or tongue that you can think of is in that area. And I would echo what, what Pastor Keith said this morning, uh, just about that beautiful mosaic that we're going to see in heaven. Um, and in Europe, everybody's there. You know, we, we worked during the immigration crisis, and I shared some of this stuff with you. Uh, and we saw people from countries uh, where we've spent a lot of blood and treasure to get into walking right in front of us. And, you know, we had the ability to share the gospel and love these people and care for them. You know, I did some short-term work in Afghanistan uh, and some other places and, and, and some hard places in the world. And the openness wasn't in those countries most of the time because of different reasons. But the earth is shaking. And, and these people are moving around. And Europe is a great place to see these people. Again, like what Jackie was saying, there's people from all over the world in Europe. And so this is an opportunity for us, and in this, uh, this second third of our plan is to continue our work in Budapest with the house church that I work with there. It's actually about to multiply, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and this is a church of 20s and 30-somethings that would never set foot in a church like this. Uh, but they will come around a community of 8 or 10 or 15 or, or 20 people and to know and be known. Because isn't that one of our, our greatest desires? is that people would know us and to know others. That's the idea of community, right? And then this, 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 second, this last third, I can't do math, I have a liberal arts degree. Uh, the third thirds, uh, the third third is this bringing some of our friends from Hungary and the Balkans into England with us to work in some of these church plants. So it was what we would call a reverse impact trip where they would come for several days. So anyway, that's, that's a lot of that. Uh, we, we do have our little dog, Ilonka, who is Hungarian, and she only speaks Hungarian, so, which is really funny when I take her to get a bath and I'm sitting there speaking Hungarian to her and people are like, what are you doing? You know, so anyway, I don't, but, but she is amazing. You know, I have, a, can I have 90 seconds? Okay, all right, so. You know, I have a ton of training in church planting. I have a, I have a lot of training in discipleship, that sort of thing. That's, that's kind of at the core of what we do. But look at what's in your hand, right? You know, what's around us? We have this little dog, and this little dog is so stinking friendly. I mean, she's aggressively friendly, right? And I'm a weird dog person. I, you know, I absolutely love her and, and take her with me in a lot of places. So I, in Budapest, it's a dog culture. So we would walk around, I would take the dog with me. I actually just did a wedding in Budapest a couple of months ago, and the dog introduced us in the park. It was people that would probably not have talked to me, because again, you know, as, as cool as I am, and this great beard, and it, it's not a weave, by the way, it's all natural. Um, you know, when I'm walking in the park, and I go up to somebody, I'm kind of a creeper, right? But if I've got this little dog, and this little dog ambles up to them, it opens a door. 
And despite all of my church plant church 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 planter training and all this kind of stuff, so you know, some of the some of the greatest gospel conversations I've had have been introduced by Ilonka. And her name is Little Helen, by the way, which is really, really funny. It's a Hungarian grandmother name. So we are we are headed to England. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got a green light from our doctor to go back, which is amazing because we didn't know if we were going to be able to go back, you know. And and so I'm really, really excited about this. Um, what we need right now: money and visas. I mean, really, it takes like 2.2 trillion dollars to live in London. Uh, it, it, so, you know, we we are 100 percent uh, on support. We we live on 100 percent support. So we give on we live on what pe- God's people give us. And so in moving forward, that's one of the things that we need. But we, one of the big, big things is we need a visa for England. Uh, and, and, and it's really, really difficult in the UK because you have to have a church to sponsor you and all these other things. So if anybody has any connections with churches in England, please let me know. And, and, and I'm saying England intentionally because that's the part that we're moving to. But the UK, if anybody has any other connections, please let me know. Um, and the last thing is if you know other people in other parts of the country, uh, particularly the South or other churches, you have connections, I would love any contact information because I'm out of friends. I don't have anybody else to ask, right? Because we're at about two-thirds of what we need to go. Uh, and, and, and again, most of our support comes from people who are friends of friends. So if you would do that for us, yeah, I feel, did I cover everything? Okay, good, good, good. All right, thank you guys. And again, we have been blessed by our time here with you guys. Uh, New River Fellowship has loved and cared for us in these, these couple of years that we've been here. Thanks. So good. Actually, so uh, uh, I'll have our team come up. Casey, actually, if you will, if you'll go over here, and then Don and Jackie, if you'll kind of come over here. Um, these are, the, these are people we're getting to send out, right? There's gonna, listen, we've got partnerships, and I'm excited. We'll, we'll share about other partnerships. We, got, we have partnerships in, in Haiti and some other places. We'll get to share in the, in the coming weeks and in days ahead uh, as a church places that we're going to get to go and have an inheritance in from here. But it's so, isn't it so awesome just to be able to be sending people out that have been um, from among us to say, hey, we got an inheritance here. And so we're going to just, you're going to get to take your, just at least, a step, uh, if not a first step, in just having an inheritance in one of these nations, and we're going to pray over these guys. And so, again, we've got all kinds of space, and I'm going to encourage you to come around. You guys stand with me. And, uh, and, and so we're going to take a moment to pray over them. So if maybe one of their nations or stories was touching to you, would you just come? Let's, we're going to surround them. We're going to—and uh, uh, then we're going to just—we're going to surround and surround them, pray over them, and then we are going to just worship and ask God to touch the nations of the earth. And so, Father, we're asking right now, in the name of Jesus, would you just begin to pour out everything that's needed? Both of the, I know both of these groups that need resource, they need funds, they need visas, they need connections, they need, uh, uh, Lord, places to stay, place, all, all the things that you're doing, God, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus, would you just begin to provide for their every need? Lord, we right now step in to this inheritance, our inheritance in the nations. And we come alongside these that you're already sending to say, Lord, come and touch Majorca, Spain, in the name of Jesus. But it's time for the harvest, Lord, there. Would you come and touch? Lord Jesus, right now, 
Would you come and touch London, England and Budapest and all the work that is going on there? Lord, would you begin to open up the doors there? Lord, we claim our inheritance with you in the nations just by saying, God, go now. We're, we're laying hands to send. We're laying hands to pour out and say, God, would you do your work? Would you have your way? Would you move and shake in the nations? Let's just begin to pray. And as, as you pray, would you just pray, just wherever you're at, wherever you're laying hands and you guys, you can just extend hands or whatever. But let's just begin to pray and ask God right now to move in the nations. And, and it might not even be one of these that's represented here this morning, but just let's just pray. And we're gonna worship. Our team's gonna worship. And as they're worshiping, would you just pray? Pray whatever God puts in your heart, whatever he's putting in your spirit to pray. And let's, let's just begin to take hold of this inheritance that we have in the nations of the earth. Let's sing.